Hey, how many of you guys were here last week? Who was here last week? It was um, our friend Kara spoke last week and she shared last week. How many of you guys enjoyed that? Yeah. So tonight, um, I'm excited to share a message with you guys. Um, but what, one thing I, I want to ask first, um, how many of you guys went to the Engage conference this past weekend? At our, that was here at our church. Yeah, a few of us did. Thank you guys for doing that. A lot of you guys missed out, but that's okay. Um, it'll happen again next year, maybe. And um, so it was really good. It was all about evangelism and it was all about outreach. And it was all about reaching your friends and le- reaching your um, local campus club, your local campuses. And, and after that, I had two students contact me who didn't even go to the Engage conference. But they contacted me and be like, hey, we want to start a campus club. Or actually, we're starting a campus club. We're leading a campus club on our school. So if any of you guys go to Truman High School, that will be kicking off September 14th with our friends Mackenzie and Micah right here. Yes. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Truman High School friends, uh, be a part of it. It's going to be Mondays. Monday's right after school. Uh, it's going to be really good. You need to go to it. I think the first one we're providing pizza. So the rest of you who don't go to Truman, you're going to miss out. So um, you should start a campus club and we'll bring donuts or pizza. or We'll help you out. So tonight, uh, I'm excited to share a word with you guys. Um, so we just played a game. We just played the musical chairs. And so you guys know how musical chairs works. I mean, there's one less chair than there are people. So how important... Is that one chair? How important is it for you to get a seat, right? Because if you get the seat, you get the Dr. Pepper, or you get the the, the troll, the the what is it called? The sour bite straw octopus things. You could you could win. I mean, you get the seat. The empty seat is a really really big deal. Um, you had to get the empty empty seat for a chance to win, and the person who gets that seat most wins altogether, right? And so um, it's kind of that same way in life. It's kind of that same way with us right here. You, you have to, um, you want to have the best opportunity to make it as a follower of Christ, to make it to heaven, to live in eternity with Christ. And so you need to fill an empty seat right here at Emerge. And, and look at this, like we don't have very many, but we've got a whole stack of chairs back over there that we could still fill up in this room. And so... I, I want to encourage you guys to make it here on Wednesday nights as much as possible. It's important that you're here. It's important to me that you're here. It's important that you're here and that you learn from the Lord and that you learn. Uh, we have these times of worship and that we have these times of, of the scripture and learning and growing in our faith. Because one thing we talk about here to merge is that growing people change. And we want you guys to change by the power of Jesus Christ. Um, but I do, I want to make something really clear. I need to tell you guys something, and I want to make something really clear. Just being here, being at church, being in this room, doesn't save you. This isn't what saved you. Being in a room with a bunch of other Christians, coming to church, all even come to church all the time, that doesn't save you. That's not what saves you. Um, it's you making a decision to follow Jesus. That's what saves you. And so here at Emerge, we have this commitment to always talk about Jesus Christ, to always push Jesus, to make him, push him forward. And I want to encourage you guys to be here every single week. One thing we talk about is that we are a family made of friends. And we have these four core... Those of you guys who are new here, or if uh, you haven't been here very long, or you're brand new here tonight, we have these four core values. 
that we, that we try our best. Obviously, we're not always great at them. But we have these four things that we value here at Emerge. And the first one is that we are a family made of friends. And I know a lot of you guys have family and you've got great family, but not everyone does. And one thing that we want to be here is we want to be a family. It's we want to be a room and a place where you come in and you feel welcome, you feel invited, you feel the love as soon as you walk in this room. And I know it's tough to do sometimes and it doesn't always happen, but we want to be a family made of friends right here. That's why we do events together. That's why we do things together. That's why we go to McDonald's after church on, on Wednesday nights and just hang out and eat together and just be together. There, we have life groups and all kinds of things going on that we want you here for. Uh, the second thing is, is that found people find people. And if you're found in Christ, if you have a relationship with Christ, then it's important that we find people. That we find other people and that we share this relationship with Christ with them. Because found people, it's our responsibility, it's our duty as followers of Jesus Christ to find other people and tell them the good news that we know. And to share the gospel. The, the third thing is that save people. Yeah. Save people, serve people. And, and one thing we do is, and, and what I want us to do, um, we have a lot of students who serve in our kids ministry. We have a lot of students who serve in other areas around our church. We have a lot of students, uh, every now and then we, we, um, we greet at the doors. We, we line up down the street and we wave at cars that are coming in. Dude, you guys understand like how many adults catch me after services when we do that? And they're like, that's so awesome. It seems like there's so much going on here on those Sundays. It's so exciting to see our students serving and being involved. So one thing we want to do is we want to serve. As followers of Jesus Christ, it's our responsibility to serve others. And the last thing that one of our last four core value here is that growing people change. And we believe <clears throat> we believe that if you're growing in your relationship with Christ, then your life should be changing. It should never stay the same. It always should be growing and evolving and moving and because growing people change. And so we try to put together things like um, We've made daily devotion booklets for you guys. We, we have, we've had back-to-school prayer nights. We've got big events. Uh, we've got regular Wednesday nights. We have winter retreat coming up. Okay, you guys, if you don't know about winter retreat, winter retreat's a really, really big deal. It happens in January every year. It's the most awesome thing you can go to. Youth Convention is coming up in November. Uh, it's going to be in St. Louis this year. It's going to be super-duper awesome. You totally need to go to that. Um, we have so many things because we want you to grow in your relationship with Christ because we believe that growing people change. If you don't like the way your life is, grow closer to Jesus and it will change. Your life will change. Uh, I want to encourage you guys to be here because the more we spend time in the presence of, of Jesus and hearing about Jesus, the more we be, become like Jesus because we believe here that growing people change. So that's why it's so important to us. Um, and, and those who are not Christians, who are not followers of Christ, that they're invited by you guys. That, they're, that you guys bring them here. That we come and you bring them here. And you see um, around you maybe a, a few seats a few seats down from you. There are some open chairs in this room. Back there in that corner by Eric, there's a whole stack of open chairs. Hi, there's Eric right there. Hi. Um, there's a, we have stacks of open chairs in this room. Um, and, and we need to get people here to fill those chairs to hear about Jesus because we believe that growing people change. We believe that found people find people. We want to involve people in our family. 
and we want to serve. And so um, the op- we want to give people the opportunity to hear about Jesus and to have the chance to accept him and ultimately become a follower of Christ and make it to heaven. If you guys brought your Bibles or if you're taking notes tonight, I want to encourage you guys to take notes because note takers are history makers, right? So I encourage you guys to take notes, show up on Wednesday nights, bring a notebook, take some notes, there's some, write some things down because there's some things that are spoken in, in this room that could really affect and really change your life. There's some things that you may want to remember. So in the book of Luke 14, if you don't um, have a notebook, you can just like etch it onto your arm or something. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> etch it into your brain. Luke 14, verses 15 to 23, it says this. It says, hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied with this story. He said, A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent out his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, "I, I now have a wife, so I can't come. He didn't say excuse me. And the servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master, he was furious and he said, Go quickly into the streets, into the, and the alleys of the town, and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes, behind the hedges, and urge, urge anyone you find to come, so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get an even the smallest taste to my banquet, of my banquet. Let's pray real quick. God, I love you. Thank you for this night. God, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts tonight. God, I pray that you'll challenge us tonight. God, I pray that you'll just put the the thought of of reaching others heavy on our hearts tonight. Because, God, we want to be close to you. And and if we have a heart for you, then we have a heart to reach others and to tell them about you. God, speak to our hearts tonight. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in this passage, what's Jesus trying to say? What's he trying to say to these guys? Um, so uh, what I want to do is I want to take this passage that we just read and I want to break it down a little bit and just kind of see what Jesus is saying here. One of the things he said was this, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. So how, how great is it that we're all here? I know there's some of our regular people who are missing, some are sick, there's some things going on, but how great it, is it that we're here? That we're here together. But so what happens? Jesus immediately turns him back to the heart of God with this story. So for this guy, he begins to tell this story. Um, so there are times when a lot of people who are followers of Christ, we can be, there's this saying that you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good, right? And I don't know if you guys have heard that or not, but there's this saying that goes like that. So we can be so Christian-minded, we live in our own little Christian world, in our Christian bubble, that we're no good to the earth. We're only good to ourselves in our little Christian circle. And there's nothing wrong with, with putting yourselves around Christian people. But if you're not reaching others, then you need, to, you need to change some things up. It's our responsibility as followers of Jesus to reach out and to share his love with others. And then he goes on to say, the next thing in that verse, it says, A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. God's heart is that many 
come and dine with him or, or, or just comes to be with him, comes to be in his, in his presence and with him. But he also, God gave us this free will to, to choose. And so let, let's be honest, it, it would have been a whole lot easier for God to, if he would have removed all free will. And if he would have forced us, if he would have made us to love him and to worship him, it would have been easier on him and it would be easier on us. Like, you know, it's, but he's, he's God and he's good and he gave us our own free will to decide on our own whether we're going to follow him, follow him or whether we're not going to. But because he's a good God, he wants us to love him on our own in return. He gives us his free will. So this man starts... By inviting those who are closest to him. So when it says this, when the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. So what here, what we want to do here at Emerge is we want to prepare for upcoming services, for upcoming things, for events that we do and, and invest in making our Wednesday nights the best that it can be. I know we can always do better and we can always be better. We, we can't just arrive and we're just so great. But we want to try to make Wednesday nights as good as they can possibly be, possibly be um, to be ready for those people who come in and to be ready for you guys. So, so what happens is the guy, he goes and he sends out invitations and he goes and invites people and he prepares them and, and he gets the responses. And we're going to look at uh, a few of them here. And, and I don't think it's by chance that there are these three examples. So let's look at them. One of them said... I have just bought a field, and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. I want to encourage you guys. Plan to be here. Plan to be here on Wednesdays, on Sundays. Um, whenever we have opportunities to meet together, plan to be here. Move your schedule around if you have to. But plan to be here. Church, it's, it's very important for you to grow in your relationship with Christ. Plan to be here. Um, then it goes on to say, another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. One thing we want to tell you too is don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't let anything be so cool that it takes you out of church. Uh, one thing we're talking about here tonight is an empty seat. Because empty seats matter and don't, don't make an empty seat. We want to fill the empty seats in this room. Anytime a student comes to me and they says, hey, can I use you for a reference for a job? My first response is, as long as you tell them you, you can't work on Sundays and you can't work on Wednesday nights. And I'll, I'll be a good reference for you. Everyone I've ever given a reference for has gotten a job. I can tell you that much. Or has got accepted into whatever school that they've, well, maybe one. But the rest of them, they've gotten accepted. They've gotten jobs. But And, um, and one thing I did too, when I was in college, I can tell you guys this, um, I worked at Walmart and I told them, I was like, I don't want to work Sundays. And that was my thing. I didn't want to work Sundays. I was in college. And so they come to me and next thing I know, I'm on the schedule for Sundays. I go to my manager and you guys can do this too, wherever you work. I go to my manager and I said, Hey, when you hired me, we had an agreement that why I wouldn't work Sundays. I'll work this one, but I don't want to be on the schedule anymore for Sundays. I never worked a Sunday again. You can do that. You don't have to just be, uh, just talk to them. Anyways, um, don't get distracted. A lot of times when we have events, we got things going on. We put sign up sheets out in the foyer. Every, most everyone signs up, puts their name on, and then a question mark at the end. Because the reason we put a question mark is because if something cooler comes along, I'm going to that, right? 
I mean, we, that's seriously, honestly, that's what we do. So we put this thing, and so we want you to be here. Don't let anything be so cool that it keeps you out of church. Don't make an empty seat. We want to fill the empty seats. The next verse, part of the scripture, it says, another said this, I now have a, have a wife, so I can't come. Don't be stupid. I'm sorry, <laughs> but seriously, um, some of the reasons that we don't come to church are pretty lame. Honestly, some of the reasons that we tend to skip are pretty lame. Plan to be here. Don't you get yourself so distracted. Don't be stupid. And, and honestly, a lot of times, this is talking about a relationship. Relationships can make you stupid. Like seriously, they can. I mean, like uh, my girlfriend's not coming, so I'm not coming to church tonight. Like, don't be stupid. Right? Uh, anyways, verse 21 it says this, then the servant, uh, the servant returned to his master, uh, returned and told the master what they had said. His master was furious and he said, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town. Invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Go quickly. Go quickly. When you've got something to share, when you've got something going on, when you've got Christ so heavy on your heart, go quickly. I, 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 it bothers me when we have powerful movements of God and powerful nights in here. And we have these, we make commitments right up here at the front, right here. And we'll say, God, I'll do anything for you. I'll go anywhere. I'll share anything. I'll share with anybody. I'll tell anyone about you, God. We're in the moment. We're like, yes, I'll do it. The music stops. The lights come back on. We walk out the door and we don't do anything. So many times we do that. And I got to be guilty. I'm, 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 I got to be honest. I'm guilty of that sometimes too. But we have to put action. Don't don't wait. That's why we tell you guys. That's why we we. I try to tell you guys um, after events and after things that we do. Post it. Put it on your tweet. It. Put it on your social media. Take pictures of it. Whatever. Put it out there. If your life has been changed by something, put it out there. Don't wait because if you wait, you won't do anything about it. Use what God did in your life. Go and find people. Find people to fill the empty seats who really need it. So what happened is at first he invited those close and those he could see that needed help. And, and we have, we've said this before. Uh, I've said this before on Wednesday nights plenty of times. If you're showing up to church and you've got an empty seat in your car, then you have a perfect opportunity to bring someone to church. To invite someone to church. If you're rolling up here in your, your car and there's, there's, you've got a van of empty seats. What a perfect opportunity you've got to get someone here to, to, to share Christ with them. Um, verse 22. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. You guys, there are still empty seats. There may be just a few out here tonight. But we've got a stack of empty seats in this room, there's still room for more. Last week, I don't know what it is in here this week, but last week we had 48 students in here. And that's awesome. I'm proud of you guys. But we have more room. More people need to hear about Jesus. We can't stay here. We can't stay just like this. We must keep inviting. Start with friends. Start with family. The ones you really want to see follow Christ. The ones you really know that need it. And then, and then go to anyone who's willing to come. Verse 23, it says this. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind all the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. 
the guy kept going and he kept inviting and he kept going and he kept finding people until the house was full. Let's do that. Let's commit to do that. Let's fill this place up so they have to build us a whole new youth facility. How cool would that be? Yeah. Let's fill this place up. Let's fill it up with people. Some will say, I can tell you guys this. You're going to invite someone and they're going to say no. And that's okay. But some, some people you may invite may never join us in this place. But we cannot let that stop us. We cannot let that small rejection stop us because empty seats matter. Empty, I would love to get to the place where we, we, I know you guys all love each other so much, but I'd love to get to the place where we grow so large that we have to split up high school and middle school and we have two separate services for both you guys. That would be fun. That'd be awesome. Um, and our high schooler was like, yeah, amen. Uh, anyway, um, but I want to I look at a story real quick. About bringing someone to Jesus. And I shared this um, Saturday at the Engage thing. But I'm going to reshare it tonight. Because I thought it was good. I thought it was a great example of, of how we should act. But, and, and what it would be wise to do. Um, it would be wise to do everything like these guys did. If you're serious about pleasing Jesus with their lives. In the Bible, in the book of Mark. Uh, chapter 2, verse 1. It says this. A few days later when Jesus entered Capernaum. Uh, the people heard that he had come Home, And so they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing uh, some men came bringing him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man that your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I'll tell you, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. So he got up, he took his mat and he walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we've never seen anything like this. Let me ask you guys, his four, the, the, the paralyzed guy, his four friends that brought him. Do you think that they felt weird carrying paralyzed guy? Into this place. Do you think that they felt weird doing that in a whole group of people? Probably. Um, they bring this guy to be to Jesus to be healed, and Jesus responds initially by saying, Your sins are forgiven. But but Jesus, hold on, we, we wanted him to be healed. And all you're saying is your sins are forgiven. Okay, here's the deal. Us as as Christians, as followers of Christ, we understand that Jesus is a forgiver of sins. But back in that day. They just show up, they just hear about Jesus, they just hear that he's a healer, and they show up, and, and there's this guy, they're telling their friend, hey, there's this guy named Jesus, and he can make you walk again. So they bring him to Jesus, and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Hold up. That's not what we came here for, Jesus. We want our friend to walk again. I mean, come on. And so Jesus says he's forgiven. He has, they have no idea that Jesus has the authority to do this, but they put themselves in an uncomfortable situation. 
They tried to get Jesus. They tried to get to Jesus, and it didn't work. Um, so they they took the roof. They dug a hole in a roof to lower their friend down to Jesus. Um, one time, I had a guy bring a couch into our youth room and to sit on it for the night, and I, I was okay with that. But if someone starts digging a hole through our roof while we're sitting here talking together, I would be pretty upset about that. That would not be a good thing. Um, so could you, could you imagine, like, they dig a hole through the roof, and then they hop down from the ceiling, and, like, you're face-to-face with Jesus. And, and like, it's so the paralyzed guy is there with him, and, like, he's face-to-face with Jesus, and, and uh, he's sitting there just kind of laying at Jesus' feet. And at, at the least, at the least, very least, they were uncomfortable in that room. And at the most... They had a lot of explaining to do. Like, guys, why didn't you wait till the crowd thinned out a little bit to get your friend here? Guys, why did did you have to push through? Why did you even have to dig a hole in the ceiling? Um, You got a lot of explaining to do. Why not wait for the crowd to thin out? Or or why didn't you just push through the crowd? Or you know what? Next time, maybe you should just get here earlier. No, guys, I got a great plan. Let's dig a hole in the roof. And we're going to lower our friend out to Jesus. Did it, do you guys think it went the way that they thought it would go? There's no way. I mean, chances are they wouldn't think that they didn't think that they were showing up and they were going to have to saw a hole in the ceiling to get their friend to Jesus. Chances are they didn't think Jesus would first forgive him of his sins. But let me ask you this tonight. Was it worth it? The effort that these guys put their that the effort that these guys took to get their friend to Jesus was it worth it? Absolutely, it was. Not only do they probably have the best story ever in any group situation, right? You're hanging out with your friends, like, yeah, one time uh, we were fishing and we caught a bass this big, and like, then you're like, oh, guys, guys, one time we were at a party, Jesus was there hanging out. And he was telling people about himself. And it was really cool. And he was healing people. And we had to get our paralyzed friend there. And so what we did, it was so urgent that we got him there that we dug a hole in the roof. And we lowered him down in front of Jesus. And Jesus was like, you're forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. And he's like, hold up, Jesus. I want to walk. And then he heals. Like, that story beats all. Right? Imagine having that story to tell your friends. Like, your other friends are telling, like, fish stories. And you're like, yeah, we got our friend healed and forgiven. Beat that. You know, and, and so they, they got him to Jesus, but Jesus, they, they wanted to get him to walk again. But Jesus gave him so much more. And it was awkward. It was weird. And, and, but that doesn't mean that this paralyzed guy didn't get more than just the ability to walk. Here's the thing. Jesus told him initially that his sins were forgiven. Because he knew that the paralyzation wasn't the guy's main problem. His real problem was his sin. And if he didn't deal with that, who cares if you walk again? If he didn't deal with the sin, who cares if you're paralyzed? This guy can, now this guy can walk. And he's been forgiven. Why? Because his friends were willing to put themselves in a position... That, so he would have the chance. Can we have our band come back up?
When I think of what they went through for someone to meet and for someone to experience the power of Jesus, honestly, you guys, I feel lame in comparison. To see and to know and to read what these guys went through to get their friend to Jesus, I feel pretty lame. It feels pretty weak. I think about the times even recently when God would lay someone on my heart and I did nothing. These guys cut a hole in the roof. They did everything it took to get their friend to Jesus. I wonder what I'm really willing to do so someone can experience the power and the love of Jesus. These guys could could have made all the excuses that we make. They could have made every one of the excuses. Man, this place is crowded. I'm just going to go home. Or, or instead they said, you know what, whatever it takes. Let's, guys, I got a plan. Let's really take off the homeowner and let's dig a hole in the roof. Like they, they could have gotten ticked. They could have gotten upset because they brought their friend there for healing. And Jesus says, you're forgiven. What? No, 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 no. That's, that's not what we came here for. We want to see our friend walk. And Jesus says, you're forgiven. Instead, what happened is they waited it out. They waited because they knew that Jesus had what they needed, so they trusted him. We've got so many excuses. I'm in the same boat. We've got so many excuses when it comes to our friends. And they may, they may, it, your, our excuses may seem legit, like, well, I don't want to offend my friends. Or if they, had, if they find out that I really love Jesus, then they won't take me seriously anymore. They'll, they'll make fun of me. Or we, we say stuff like, uh, if I bring Jesus up, that they're just going to get mad and they're going to make fun of me. Or like Kara said last week, that a lot of us, what we say is, well, I'm okay with having my school friends and my church friends. And I don't want to mix those two. That's not okay. That's not okay. If the guys in our story would have let those excuses get the best of them, their friend wouldn't be able to, to walk. Or let alone be forgiven. And if we give in to our excuses, then who knows what our friends may be missing out on as well. Starting now, starting tonight, I want to challenge you guys to say whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I'm going to reach out to my friends. Whatever it takes because the seat matters. The empty seats matter. I want to tell you guys real quick about my friend in high school. His name was Garth. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, and Garth, um, he wasn't cool. Like, he didn't have a lot of friends. Um, he was friendly to me because I think he just really needed a friend. And I knew this. I knew that if I would have in- invited Garth to church, I knew what he would say. I knew what he would say. He was going to say yes. And so what I did one night is I invited Garth and, and he came to church one night and he couldn't sit. He couldn't make it through one service without giving his heart to Jesus. All it takes is a simple invitation. I want everybody to stand. Uh, Sunday, this, this past Sunday, I had this, this mom catch me after the service. And, and she came to me, and she came to me pretty quickly and pretty excited. She said, who's that kid over there? 
that kid with the striped shirt, that tall kid. I said, that's Jordan Warner. And she said, I got to tell you, this kid, he came out of nowhere. And she, she said, I don't think anybody made him or even asked him to do this. But he came over and he said hi and he greeted my kids. That meant a lot to me. This was this family's second time being at our church. She said, that meant a lot, of me, lot to me. And she said, I know that meant a lot to my kids too. They're going to be coming to your youth group soon. Will you thank him for doing that? All it takes is a simple invitation, a simple conversation, a simple being friendly, being nice to someone. And the mom says, they're going to be there. May not be this week, but they're going to be there. Because someone simply stepped out and, and, and was just the love of Jesus to someone that they don't know. Jordan, thank you for doing that. That was huge. Uh, I'm sure for Jordan, that was awkward. I'm sure it was uncomfortable. I'm sure it was strange a little bit. But was it worth it? Absolutely it was. Guys, more people are just waiting for an invitation. More people are just waiting for you to ask because empty seats matter. The seats that you guys see around you that are empty, they matter. It matters that we get people in that seat, that we fill those seats with people who don't know Jesus. I want everyone in this room to close your eyes and bow your head.